Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood with Mike Tom. Today's guest says he's been to hell, but it was through that journey that he became the man that he was meant to be. Today we're joined by retired Staff Sergeant Shiloh Harris. He has an unbelievable story that he's going to share with us over the next two days. He spent 48 days in a medically induced coma with burns over 35% of his body. We're going to find out how all of that happened. And we're going to hear more about his story and how God reshaped him to be who he is today on Connections. Today's guest has such an unbelievable story that he'll share it with us over the next two days. We're joined today by Shiloh Harris. So Shiloh, uh, your story, a big part of your story, of course, uh, takes place in the military. But uh, tell us maybe what made you decide to join the military? I decided to join the military, you know, I mean, for a couple different reasons. Obviously, the big motivator at that moment was 9-11-2001, you know, when the whole world was shook by a terrorist attack that we lost almost 4,000 innocent lives. And in a way, I was reading an article not long ago that we're still losing lives because of, you know, the towers falling and all the uh, debris and, and stuff like that that was in the air. There's people that's coming down with... Uh, cancer and lung issues and, and a lot of health problems because of all that that toxic stuff that was in the fallout and so you know as near as I can tell you know we're, we've lost almost 4,000 lives uh, in the course of time because of 9-11-2001 and that was my motivator for joining the military because and this was the other motivator is that I came from a family of veterans you know, they, each and every uh, one of my, I guess you could say, father figures, my father and my grandfather, and even uh, my great-grandfather, you know, they all served in the military. And it was, uh, I guess you could say, it was kind of a family motivator as well. Uh, I, I love being in the military, and, and I've actually got to work with quite a few uh, Canadian soldiers that uh, were absolutely amazing. I love their professionalism and, and their attitudes and uh, have some great relationships with Canada. So I'm really happy to be a part of your show today. Yeah, it's a real privilege uh, for us to have you on with us too, sharing about your story. When you join the military, you know, so there's this sense of patriotic duty, I guess, uh, following the events of 9-11. What were your thoughts as you were getting ready to uh, deploy? When did you first deploy? Yeah, that's a really good question. I don't think anybody's ever asked me that. I mean, we talk about the deployments, but they don't really talk about that feeling that you have right before you deploy. And, you know, I, it's, um, I guess you could say it's a good story as well. Uh, you know, that preparing to leave your family for, you know, really an undisclosed amount of time. I mean, deployments are estimated times, but things could happen, you know, that could either shorten it or, or make it longer. And, uh, you know, there's obviously a lot of factors to consider. So, you know, there was some uneasy ground, yet at the same time, you know, hanging out with, you know, your, your military buddies, the guys that are, you're getting prepared to go to combat with, there's this macho, you know, camaraderie and, and you know, preparation and kind of socking yourself up to uh, be prepared for the battlefield. And yet, you know, there's this also year of what if, that lies in your gut and in your heart. And, you know, and it's like, I could see the pain, you know, with my wife at the time and how she was, uh, you know, not real comfortable with me leaving. 
yet she supported me 100%. And I know that happens a lot with the military. You know, the, the um, men and women that, you know, prepare their soldiers or their airmen or Marines uh, to get ready to go off to combat. It's like they want to be supportive, but on the inside, they're really hurt too. So, you know, it's a, it, was, it was a lot. It was a lot to take in getting ready to go on that deployment. It was a lot of preparation. Uh, once you first arrived in Iraq, what was life like on your first tour, first deployment, and and your experiences there? Hey, another great question, man. Uh, you, you're doing. I'm telling you, man, this is really a great interview. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's a, I, don't, I don't know why, but it's like you know, it, it seems like a lot of the interviews that I do, I, I feel like I almost got a script, you know, because it seems like almost everybody sticks with the same questions, you know. And, and yeah, these are you're actually asking really good questions that not a lot of people <laughs> good. <laughs> seriously you know and uh so like the the pre-deployment you know not a lot of people ask about that a lot of people want to know how did you get the scars and what right. did you do to, to overcome it you know there's a lot that went into this this cake you know there's a lot that went into where i am today and the pre-deployment you know that first feeling of when we landed and you know and uh just so you know we staged in kuwait so when we flew in on that first deployment we went to Kuwait first, and I guess you could say do a bit of conditioning. Uh, and at that time, obviously, you know, uh, Kuwait is a, a friendly country. And so it's a, it's accommodating to uh, get us acclimated to that area and get prepared, you know, our equipment and that sort of thing, getting ready to leave. So it's like when you land there in Kuwait, I guess you started having this reality of, yeah, this, this is going to happen. And, you know, you're starting to realize just how hot it is or, you know, you're getting your gear ready. And, you know, and I guess you could say in a way uh, it, it's like a hunting trip or a fishing trip. You know, it's like, it's like, oh, wow, you know, everybody's all psyched up about going on this hunting trip and fishing trip. And I know this may not be a great scenario to use, but, uh, you know, so you, you're getting your gear ready. You know, you got your fishing poles, you got your bait, you got your lures, you know, all these different things and you're getting ready all for that moment that you don't even know if you're going to catch a fish. And, you know, and for us, you know, we were there in Iraq to help stabilize and catch bad guys and, and try to make it better, not just for the United States, but, you know, for the Iraqis as well. And even when we were in Afghanistan, the whole point was to arrest bad guys. So you start getting a sense of we're going to do this, you know, it's like kind of socking yourself out. It's real now getting your gear ready. And I don't know, it was really powerful. So you mentioned uh, there is a uh, larger aspect to your story that you talk to most people about. And on your second deployment, you did experience a life altering event. Can you explain to us what happened? Maybe what the day was like leading up to the moment and then what happened? Yeah, that's a, another great question. The, uh, you know, preparation, I guess you use, or the day leading up to my injury, it was, it was a, I don't know, it was really, it almost felt like fate. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, I know that it may be hard to understand, but, uh, you know, that second appointment, it just felt different than the first appointment. And I guess, you know, I want to take it back, you know, more than a day or that day. Uh, but, you know, that deployment was just different. You know, we were there and there was a lot of political stuff going on. You know, there was a, the uh, Iraqi government trying to take more control of their country, which was great. You know, we wanted that. We wanted them to start taking uh, 
control of more military operations, uh, you know, so that way they could start being more independent. And, you know, but there were times that in the middle of this transition, uh, we felt like our hands were tied. And, you know, it was like if bad guys did bad things, uh, you know, our engagements were different. And sometimes it kind of let the bad guys get away in a way, you know, uh, but at least that's the way we felt because we'd have to turn over some of these bad guys and, or, you know, we wouldn't be able to do some of the things that we had done prior to protect ourselves, you know, because it would seem aggressive. And that was the posture that we were trying to step away from was being aggressive. And so it was, it was a, this fine line of protect yourself, yet, you know, you're trying to build hearts and minds. That day, well, that week, it, it was really weird because we had some huge successes that we felt like, you know, we were accomplishing goals. Yet there was almost like this uh, setbacks as well. And so it was just like this kind of dark cloud over the operations at the time. And then all of a sudden, I remember being home or not home, but being at my room with my roommate and we were taking turns visiting with our families on the computer. And um, I remember chatting with everybody and we were making family plans. And then uh, I made the joke that, uh, you know, so in, unless something happens to me. And that was literally the night before I got blown up. And it was just, I don't know why, but when I said it, I was like, wow, I shouldn't have said that. You know, and I was just like, it's just like this like gut feeling. And I was like, wow, I don't know if I like this. <laughs> and then the next day they were like, hey, by the way, you're going to go into this really horrible area and do some uh, reconnaissance and, you know, visit with the people. And, and we were all like, oh, okay. You know, we knew how high risk it was. You know, we, we did our necessary stuff. Uh, but there was just a lot of things that happened. One of the radios wasn't working. You know, uh, my truck didn't have fuel in it because the guys forgot to do it the night before. You know, I mean, there was all these things that just don't normally happen, happened that day. And it starts causing even more of a dark cloud feeling. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I don't like this. So, you know, we were extra vigilant. Everybody was on their on their best game. But unfortunately, I was injured by a bomb that they said there was about. 700 pounds of explosives in the road that injury led to uh you being in a medically induced coma for 48 days what was that like uh uh, the 48 days in that coma those days were very dark and i want to say as close to hell as i ever want to become or ever get because i mean it was everything was painful scary and dark i felt helpless hopeless you know as i could hear the voices of my my family members my loved ones but i just couldn't communicate with them i couldn't express how i felt i couldn't express what i needed or what i felt like i needed and it was one of the most horrible feelings that i can say that I, i never want to experience again I've had a great day today talking to Shiloh Harris about his experience in the military and about his second deployment that left him with life-altering injuries. He has so much more to share with us that we're going to continue this conversation. Join us again tomorrow for part two.